I'm not a parent, but I'm also not a helicopter pilot. So when I see a helicopter stuck in a tree, I'm pretty sure I can say, pilot error right there. Hello and welcome to I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside, a show that whose no-nonsense approach just doesn't hold water in our complex world of time travel and hyper-intelligent apes. You damn bastards! You blew it up! You blew it up! My name's Scott. I'm Jeff. I've had too much uh, to drink. I'm Dan and everybody just got robocalled on me. Oh my. Not the robots. Not the robots. So I do have to lead off with something, which is that I discovered recently that Canada is the home of the Hawaiian pizza. I'm sorry. What? You damn bastards. Yes, it was it was it was a Greek restaurateur in London, Ontario, in the fifties, who among the many toppings, he just sort of spitballed onto pizzas. The one that stuck was ham and pineapple. So this entire time, the Hawaiians have been getting blamed for something they didn't do. That's correct. It's all your fault, you damn Canadians. We're very sorry. Like Inside uh, Out, you and San Francisco have ruined pizza. <laughs> Broccoli on pizza, my God. What heresy is this? I know. Gets in the way of my bacon. <laughs> bacon and hamburger, my favorite toppings. And not bacon bits. You pizza joints out there who put bacon bits on your hamburger, on your pizza, and call it bacon? No, that's bullshit. That is not bacon, that is bacon bits. Strips of bacon. I gotta find it. There's a bacon-wrapped meatloaf recipe out there. It sounds dangerous yet delicious. It's so <laughs> moist, Jeff. So moist. You eat that, and then the next night you have bacon pizza, and then the next night you, you know, have that bacon wrapped hot dog, and the next night you die. Yes. No, the next night you're going to be uh, part uh, partaking of some hospital food. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and then a brain. Or you die. One of the other half. Yeah. So that 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 that's what I learned this week is that I'm sorry that Hawaiian pizza is Canada's fault, but. Pick of the week. What you got, Jeff? Oh damn it! You showed up. You showed up late. Yeah, but I didn't even know that was tonight. Um, Not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> I just ate pizza and drank some beer. I'm not. Yeah, uh, my pick of the week goes to to me to me because I have a kit. I'm building in a build off right now. Actually, I finished it already, and I can't talk about it because it's secret. And it's going to blow all your friggin' minds, and I'm going to release it on April 10th. On April 10th, you will see this kit, and you'll see how awesome I am. That's right. Only when I'm drunk do I have the ego to pick myself as the pick of the week. Damn right. (laughs) This kit will blow your mind. It already blew up my display stand. It already blew up my display stand. I had to build a whole new one. Next pick goes to Scott. All right, so my pick 
is going to... You know what? I don't have a lot of good things going on right now. (laughs) I don't have one thing to be angry at either. So my pick of the week is going to just the the, the very concept of rum. (laughs) Amen. Rum is nice. It goes in my (laughs) Coca-Cola. Damn right. It is my favorite mixed drink. Although today I had beer. I had Bush Copper Lager, which was pretty good. Of course, I know that you Canadians hate even the mention of Anheuser-Busch, but shut up. It just comes up here and ruins things for us. I know, I know. I still, I still, most, the one thing I regret not doing when I was in Canada visiting was in the bar. I should have just said, give me a Budweiser just to see the look on everybody's faces. Uh, Jeff, that's the bar that charges $30 for a can of Budweiser okay. to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it would just been fun to see the look on everyone's faces. That's to, to clarify. When I pull up my ID and say, "See, St. Louis, Missouri, booyah!" See, see. I'm just envisioning. I'm just envisioning the scene from Canadian Bacon, where they go over to Windsor and then they mention the Canadian beer sucks and promptly get deported from the country. See, for for clarification, this bar has a binder, twenty pages full of beer, twenty taps open. A cellar for, you know, long-term aging prospects, bottles from around the world, and right there in the middle of the binder buried is a can of Bud Light. It's $30, and the description reads, You saw all this and picked Bud Light. You love it enough to pay $30. (laughs) I wouldn't have paid $30, but I was just, you know, I wanted to see the look on your face, on Sam's face, on everyone in the place's face. I wanted to be. If I say this, will they bum rush me and throw me out the back? Canadian bacon. At the same time, but I thought about it and I realized I don't. If I do take on Scott, I don't have anywhere to stay for the next day, so I better shut up. That is true. That is true. So what you got, Dan? All right. I got the superhero crossover event that everybody's been waiting for. Something that's been talked about for years. And I'm, of course, I'm talking about the Flash and Supergirl crossover. Everyone says it was fun. (laughs) It is what a DC crossover event should be. Not, oh, hey, let's get Superman so much more moody and depressing. Don't spoil anything for me. I'm going to go watch that movie tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> please tell me you're at least seeing it on discount I do not want that movie to make enough money to keep that Zack Snyder around no he, he's already stuck around buddy he's already in the middle of making Justice League they've started filming they started filming last week before the movie came out indeed it's like, no, no, I, unless this movie is an absolute tank he gets his film and it made 170 million dollars the opening weekend he gets his film Actually, they revised it. It only made 160. Okay, fine. By now, it's made 170. It's been an extra couple of days. I'm sure it's over that line now. Yeah, but no, I'm not talking about that movie. I'm talking about the Berlantiverse crossover that everybody's been waiting for, everybody's been hoping for, and it was a one hour of pure fun that threw it, put a smile on my face. So, yeah. I, I want more of Grant Gustin working with, uh, was it Melissa Benoist or something like that? I 
don't I can't even attempt it, man. <laughs> yeah. But the you could just tell that these two crews had so much fun together. And I really hope that there's a crossover of Supergirl into the Flash. Well, that does start begging the question. If Supergirl is in the same universe as the Flash, or if that was a multi-crossover adventure, does that mean there's a Supergirl in Flash's universe? And if so, does that mean there's a Superman? Well, no, because there was no Flash in Supergirl's universe. Flash was dimension hopping again, so that's how they explain how he ended up there. Okay, so it's just Supergirl, not of the universe. Yeah, and Martian Manhunter, and Superman, and Batman in the ba- mentioned in the background, but never seen. Eh. According to Multiverse Theory, there's a there's a Kara Zor-El or whatever her name is in that universe. Now she might be you know just average nobody who has no powers, but she's there. But yeah, I really wish you know after this, I really really wish that it was Berlanti handling. DC movie universe. Nope, you're stuck with Snyder. Uh, fuck Snyder. Uh, there, and that's where we are. Yep. We're just grumpy old comics nerds who don't want to see... Get off my lawn, yeah. Batman! Yeah, that's it. I, I, I do really want to see the, new, the Lego Batman movie, though. Oh, yes. I deserve this. I deserve this today. <laughs> Save the city. <laughs> Sir, sir, you're staring at the pictures of your parents again. How do you know? Well, you went through the same fees in 2016, in 2012, in 2005, in 1999, 1992, 1989, and 1966. I've aged very well. Oh, Will Arnett. You could be my Batman forever. Badum tish. I just want to see, okay, if Will Arnett's voicing Batman, please, please tell me that means Stephen Colbert is Superman. Well, no. If it's carrying over from the Lego movie, it's Channing Tatum as Superman and um, okay. Zach Gal- I can't think of the other dude's name. Zach Galifianakis is uh, Green No, um, it, No, it's, um, it's the other guy Hill. from 21 Jump Street. Jonah I'm looking at his name right now. The other Jonah guy. Hill. Thank yeah, you. Jonah Hill is Green Lantern. Okay, I'm okay with this, but still, it was just like, I always had a dream <laughs> for Stephen Colbert vo- voice Superman. I'm like, it's so stupid it would work. <laughs> well, if not Superman, he could definitely be Mixoflick. Okay, now we're getting a little, a little crazy. But anyway, <laughs> now Gilbert Godfrey's got that little roll rock down, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't really argue against that yeah. casting. That, that Those episodes were great. <laughs> People don't give the Superman animated series enough credit. That was solid stuff. <laughs> oh, still one of my favorite all-time lines when, when uh, I forget who did it, but somebody throws a crane and almost lands on a wedding. The wedding party all covers up, and there's Superman holding the crane. They all look up, and he goes, don't look at me. I just catch him. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, so setting that aside, we are going to... Tonight's topic is... Game of Thrones, the book turned into the show, turned into weird internet phenomenon that it is. So just sharing our thoughts and our feelings as uh, the next season is coming up very close. Because if I didn't do it now, I'd say, no, let's wait till the end of the season and then do it all then. And then I, and this has happened about three years in a row 
So it was never going to happen. So I'm well, making it. I'm forcing it now. Well, we can do another show at the end of the season. Yeah, we'll, we'll do we'll do a racket. Ra- we'll we'll do a catch up round. So I I guess I'll start by saying I was introduced to this series a little bit after the fourth book had come out. So like eight years ago, I guess maybe nine. George R. R. Martin, you are slow. <laughs> Not blaming you. No complaints. You do what you gotta, but slow. Now fin- finish your thought, but I want to. There's a good anecdote about George R. R. Martin and his Twitter account. I want to throw in. Okay, and that that's basically. And then you know, so I read it. I read I read all four inside of you know a few months, and then I waited, and didn't really think much of it. Got the fifth one when it finally came out. Watched the show because I'm like, and everyone was getting really excited about it. And I guess I never got like super. I was never super into the books when I first read them. I'm like, yeah, this is nice. It's great that the, my roommate keeps lending these to me. I like this. I like these two characters, but I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I was never super invested, and I sort of saw the pattern emerging for how George R. R. Martin builds this overall narrative while also kind of getting sucked into rabbit holes of world building. So I'm just like, okay, this is a thing. And I, I, I didn't foresee this becoming a huge deal on television. Because in the meantime, I've, you know, picked up a dozen other fantasy authors I like more than Martin. And so here I am just sitting here and I'm like watching the show and everyone's like, oh man, this is so exciting. And I'm like, yeah, can they get to the fireworks factory? They've been teasing it the entire season. Let's get this bit over with. It's going to be harsh. But you guys... Oh, I I got in, like many, I got into it from the TV show. Um, people kept talking about it, and we got a free HBO weekend. And a fun thing with my local cable system is when HBO opens up, so does HBO On Demand. So through the course of a weekend, I watched all ten episodes of season one. And I really, really liked it. I tried getting into the books because, of course, like, as soon as the show started hitting it, its stride, those places were having the, went on sale, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And I grabbed one, and I'm just reading through it. It's like, well, I kind of already know what's coming up, and you know, it's nice that this one chapter is like eight pages long, but seven pa- of those pages are backstory about Sir So and So who adultered with Sir So-and-So's sister-in-law, which sparked a blood feud that was only 800 years ago and had nothing to do with what was going on hey, at the time. Hey, the red apple fossilways and the green apple fossilways are really important. Really. <laughs> and th- this is where I kind of talk about, when I say world builders rabbit hole, that happens a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of a anti-Tolkien, because from what I understand about Tolkien's stuff with the Lord of the Rings, it's like there's an entire chapter uh, where people are just saying good morning and Miss Tirith. Well, here, there's an entire chapter telling you the entire history of that one inn that you're passing that's never going to be visited again. No, I think it's functionally the same problem. It's just with different focus. And I mean, everyone has their own picadillas. Like, I know a lot of people like to rag on George for describing food. 
And I don't know, maybe it's because I read Redwall when I was in middle school, and I'm like, you know what? The supporting cast is not spontaneously broken out into song about a pie, so this description of food is perfectly reasonable to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm the I'm the separate guy. I like like Dan. Uh, <coughs> like Dan, I got into it through the TV show. I have not read any of the books, and the reason is twofold. A I don't want to know what's coming, even though we're pretty much past that point now. And B, I don't like the idea of finishing a, t- a book series and waiting on the author to finish the last or, or the next chapter. I like reading a series when it's all done. So I can, you know, I don't have to wait for the, to see how the story ends, like months or, or years. Or five years for the second half of a book that was theoretically done. <laughs> right. Not that I'm, I'm a little salty on that one. Like, I, right, I do my I best to not rush the man because he's going to work at his pace no matter what I say but what, what the point now is what point does he have to rush he's making crap tons of money by sitting on his ass well he was doing that before and now he's got TV money <laughs> it's right. yeah, no no pressure well, ever he, he kind of has to rush unless he wants to be the next Robert Jordan <laughs> yeah but the difference is, is I think it's going to be Dan Abraham and Ty Frank that finishes the book not Brandon <laughs> Yeah, he'll figure it out, but I, I always remember a line from George R. R. Martin's Twitter account. Someone tweeted, I forget who, said George R. R. Martin survives on the on the tears of his fans when he kills a character they love. He responded with, that is not true, I also drink wine. <laughs> so, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's pulling all of our strings, pushing all of our buttons and he's you know stabbing us right in the back, and in the front, and in the face, and in the groin. And he's enjoying every last minute of it. So oh, I, I think, think he-, he was quoted in an interview where people kept bugging him about when the next book is going to be finished. And I think he flat out told one guy, keep bugging me, and I'm going to kill Tyrion. <laughs> right. I'm just going to kill everybody. I'm, I mean, after the end of last season... I am almost to the point of believing that his goal, or the goal of the series, is, as they say, all men must die. Well, yeah, it's just a question of when and how. <laughs> right. But I, I honestly don't think, well, we'll, get in, we'll go ahead and spoil it, Jon Snow dies at the end of the last season. I don't think he's dead. I think that's just a convoluted plot device to get him out of the Night's Watch. But at the same time, I'm like, if he is dead, if, let's just say, the one redeeming human being we have left in this show is dead, I am officially on Team White Walker. Let's kill them all and let the many-faced god sort them out. Um, you know what? You're probably... Here's, here's the thing. Uh, I have read all the books. Jon Snow's a warg. <laughs> He'll be fine. Well, you've already kind of... I guess I'm not spoiling anything. Because you've seen pictures of him fighting in some kind of battle. So unless he's a zombie, which is also possible in this series, he's back. Yeah, like, again... Well, there's also the whole legend of that one king to return, the Arthurian-type thing, where his wounds will heal with fire and stuff like that. Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what was the story? Um, The two directors or producers of the... Game of Thrones TV series on HBO, when they went to George R. R. Martin saying, we would like to you know, make a TV show out of your books, they a- he asked them, and the question was, they had to get right to get the correct answer was, who were Jon Snow's parents? They got it right, ergo, they got the job. 
there had been other people beforehand who had been asked that question. They got it wrong. I mean, and so I'm fairly convinced based on way that the way they're doing it. Yes. He is a, um, Targaryen. Targaryen. Yes. Well, I mean, Ned, yeah, because Ned Stark is totally an adulterer. Honor before reason, stick up his butt, Ned Stark is an adulterer, right? Right. <laughs> the most honorable, noble, and good human being in this show of all time. And, of course, he's played by Sean Bean. Ergo, he is so dead. He has a 75% chance of dying in any film he's in. I, I, I gotta love that the official... The official marketing for Legends has sort of picked up on that, and it's like, you, you, you tweet, if you're watching it, you tweet with the hashtag, don't kill Sean Bean. <laughs> Please. Every movie he's in, he either dies or ends up in prison. Yeah, but, I mean, we've all seen the supercut of Sean Bean deaths. He drowns a lot. Like, it, it's, it's just... Like, drowning is if really I was Sean specific. Bean, honestly, if I were him, I just wouldn't go swimming. Oh, yeah, no. Anywhere. No, like you put him in a kiddie pool, I'll be like, nah. <laughs> no swimming, no no hanging chains or ropes anywhere. No. And it's just Well, like, this is a guy who interrupted a bar fight with a knife wound in his arm and is just sitting there going, another one, please. <laughs> it's Yorkshire. It's just how you roll. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was another good point? The only person I ever stat- stood up and applaud when he died was King Joffrey. That little prick. When he finally choked that, I was like, oh, thank you, God. Was that I've officially oh. become the guy who's now clapping at death. <laughs> That's what this show has done to me. Well, like, the one thing that like, saddened me dead. is the actor was so good at that role. Oh, he was. That, like, he was getting so much vitriol from fans and stuff and people who could not separate him from the role that he has given up acting. I don't blame him. It's like, you're really, really, really good at playing an asshole. I mean, you are. I don't believe you are in real life, or at least I don't know enough to say that yes or no, but you're good at portraying one. Like, and props to, you know, basically a whole parade of directors for getting any sort of performances out of child actors. Like, these guys are really talking. And I mean, to get to the show, it's like, yeah, they, they... not only do they have a good cast, good casting director, but the directors of each episode are pulling everything out of these people. There's no, there's no one I can really point to and say, yeah, that guy's not fun to watch. Yeah. Well, in every season, they seem to just... I, I always kind of look at the ep- every season, like the directors from the previous season, even though there are some carryovers from one season to the next, they kind of go, okay, top this. And last year's top this was Heart Home. Friggin' zombie apocalypse meets Vikings meets just utter madness. Yeah, and they, I they gave near... that they gave that guy the money though. <laughs> yeah, this is true, but they gave him the money and he spent it well. Unlike some people who take, get a lot of money and don't spend it well. <laughs> well, they finally decided to give him a budget after all the success and high ratings that the Battle of Blackwater gave him. Like, hey, maybe we should show these fights. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, well, people like sword fights. They're kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, the the first season blew all its money on locations cuz you got to run around Europe a lot to get to get a different feeling location, different feelings from different places. Otherwise, it's Europe, all just Tunisia. Prague. Other otherwise it's all just Prague. <laughs> well, who was it? I don't remember who, but it was some actor who was in this upcoming season. He let a spoiler drop and people got all angry at him and he responded like 
everyone is completely overreacting. This TV show can be summed up as tits and dragons. Yeah. Like, while that is a bit of an exaggeration, he's not completely off point. <laughs> yeah, Ian McShane. Ian, yes. No fucks Ian, given. <laughs> exactly. Ian McShane doesn't give a fuck what you think, I think, or anyone else thinks. If you don't like the way he does things, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> But yeah, tits and dragons. That's not, like I said, not completely accurate. But when you think about it, he's not that far off. Oh yeah. What what are the what are the uh, bullet points on each episode? Was there a dragon? No. Was there a fight? Yes. It's close enough. Were there boobs? Yes. Cool. Almost every episode's got some a pair of tits out. Speaking of which, um, my all-time favorite character who died. I don't know why I liked him so much. The Viper. Oh, oh, well, he's dude, just so charming. Yeah. He's just so charming. It's like he showed up. Like this guy's charming. He's kind of he's a little off, but he's fun. I enjoy watching him. He he stood up and he uh, took on. He took up the role as the champion for Tyrion. It's like, oh shit, here we go. And he's he's beating the mountain. I'm convinced he's going to take him down. He's going to take him down. Squish. No oh, shit. And it just kept going. And I was just starting to like you. <laughs> Like, oh, that's the problem. If, to quote started, Littlefinger, if, you, if you're expecting a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> right. Littlefinger might be an ass, but at least he's the, one of the few guys who seems to have figured things out. It's like, yeah, I'm an asshole. But I'm living in a world full of barbarians, killers, monsters, and rapists. Eh. Well, <laughs> the thing that, like, the one thing in the first book and in the TV show that kind of just sets the world is Sansa at the tournament. She's all like, Oh, knights fight with honor. You know, they fight for glory. Oh, wow. They're kind of dicks and assholes trying to screw the other guy over by using underhanded tricks and, and brutality and letting their rage out. And in the book, it's even better where the hound flat out tells her, were those the knights of glory you looked up to? Were those the stories that you, your mother, or your father read to bed? Read you to bed with. It's like, yeah, this ain't gonna be your normal fantasy epic. Yeah. I mean, there's... And that is Martin's MO. It's very specifically looking at the trends of other fantasy epics and just saying, nope, opposite. <laughs> Deliberately well, the opposite. Well, I think... I don't remember his name. It was a Rhaegar Targaryen. Yeah. They build him up as, you know... This guy was noble. Everyone who talks about him said, what a great guy. He was a great fighter. He was a noble fighter. He was a hero. He was he was destined to be a great king. He was destined to lead us to thing. And it's like, and then he fought the the king. Oh God. Robert. Robert Baravian. It's like, and in the normal everyday Lord of the Rings, old fantasy epic, yeah, Rhaegar, the dragon king, would have defeated him. Here, nope. <laughs> Drunk. Guy. The drunkard idiot with the big hammer, he did it. <laughs> Regard, he fought nobly, he fought bravely, and he died. <laughs> Nobility and bravery don't get you too far. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Especially in this universe. And people don't get that, like, repeatedly. It's, it's, it's shocking to... It, it surprises me how often people are surprised by the turns the show takes. I'm like, really? You've, you well, haven't it's... been paying attention, have you? Well, it's also it's like, hey, they're making a point that everyone noble and brave dies. Well, no, not even that. It's like, it, like when when Stannis Baratheon 
solved a problem the way Stannis Baratheon always solves his problems. Everyone was like, I can't believe he did that. It's like, they've spent the entire time building to this moment exactly. Right. Or when he, I, to, to, to your point, I was like, when he killed his daughter, I was like, really, dude? We have really gotten that far? You're that down far that, you're that far in the rabbit hole at this point? You just fundamentalism. Well, I, any, any sacrifice his... isn't no sacrifice is too great as long as he's not the one actually making it. <laughs> right. Well, I was always on Team Baratheon's like, you know, this is the last noble guy we got. As soon as that happens, like, fine. Fine. What team do I jump to now? Shit. <laughs> Who's left? <laughs> Danny, well, just because she'll burn saying... all the other ones down. <laughs> well, I also I also make a point that I was saying Yes. All the noble dead or noble honorable people are dead. You haven't seen all of them die, but you see that anyone who has any sense of honor and nobility gets axed off. So guess who's left? Assholes and dragons. Pretty much. Dragons. Or asshole all dragons. The good noble people are left with the you know evil monsters. This the issue is how evil are they? Are they just a little evil or are they Bolton evil? <laughs> well, I, I, I gotta love, I gotta love Varys and Tyrion just hanging out in it on the city walls. It's like new city, new wall, same story. Let's solve this. <laughs> Let's run this town. So we're yeah, the, I, we're uh, the for me, like, oh, go ahead. I was just saying. So where the mother of dragons go? Don't know. Don't care. Not a problem. Yeah, for me, I, I kind of look at it as kind of a literary comparative to the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Because if you... Specifically, I think it was the House of Wei and not... Not Wei and Wu. I can't think of their names off the top of my head. And I used to play the crap out of the Dynasty Warriors games. But um, the this popular... This leader who was popular by everybody... But he, he, you know, he always was the Mr. Nice guy. He was always making decisions for the people. And he lost out because the other guy was underhanded and cheap. And you look at that and it's like, that's the only way you're going to survive. And if you compare that to, like, history, that's pretty much how you win these kind of situations. You know, that that's true. I don't, I don't want to give this the realistic tag because it's... Still a world of tits and dragons. <laughs> and can I just say, I get a little bit distracted anytime they go to um, God, the, the Stark home castle, Winterfell, because the location they use is Dun Castle in Ireland, or as I've known it, every castle in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> so it's it, there, there is that disconnect of... No, no, that that's where Galahad stabbed everyone at the wedding party. That that's that same courtyard. Please stop pretending things are impressive and important here. This is from a Python movie. <laughs> My own hang up, I realize. And if probably by telling you this, I may have ruined your rewatch going into season six, but there you go. Bring your coconuts. <laughs> I I just Wonder if there was ever, you know, we see the bloopers all the time, but if there was ever literally a blooper of when they're filming in the castle and a bunch of dudes in armor are just rolling around with coconuts or cups or something. 
Um, in the e- background. E- even just in the hall there, you know, so- two or three guys doing, we're knights of the round table, we dance, we're we're able. <laughs> That'd be enough for me. Although it makes for an interesting gift shop during du- when during tourist season at done now. Because <laughs> they always made a point of selling Python merch. And now it's right next to the Game of Thrones stuff. <laughs> the other locations are great. I, I do enjoy how they're um, picking different places. And it's never quite... It it's almost never matches up to what I pictured when I read the books. But it's like, no, this th- I dig this. I groove on this. I grok well, it. Never, well, that's never the case. That's why the old line, the book was always better. Of course the book was always better. I don't want to because, say the books were better, though, because the books... Well, the books are better in your mind, because whoever... You cast the perfect person for Jon Snow. You per, cast the person for... You, the way, you know, the places you look were exactly right. The way they everything sounded was exactly right. And no matter how good the director, he's not going to match what you envisioned. I'm the opposite, because I got into the, show, or the books after the show, and, you know... There's a bit of, you know, the one person who I always envision as his character in the book and in the TV show is Tyrion. Peter Dinklage is Tyrion Lannister for me. Yeah, that that's going to be hard to separate. I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad Dinklage got the work because I appreciate him being an actor of his stature who consistently refused anything that was not just an act, a part. <laughs> Right. Like, he, he never went to... He, he, he was never a munchkin. <laughs> he was he, I don't, he was never hey, in a kid's show. He he always went after roles that he thought he could tackle. and He, he did play a gay midget prostitute in that uh, one movie with... <laughs> well, he was in Pixels, so he's not turning down all... Well, yeah, I was going to say... Yeah. But I'm I not think, saying he's not a good actor. I'm just saying don't give him too much credit there, Scott. I know. I I'm just I I just want to do point I I do want to point out that he basically never took a role for a little person. He took a role as a little person and that that's, that's true. that that's he, kind of a big deal for a little person actor. Like he didn't go the Warwick Davis route of nothing but small person roles and sci-fi movies. He he was like, "No, I'm a I'm a serious guy." Yeah, I'll play Richard the Third because come on, it's a, good, it's a good part, and he's built for it. And Tyrion's the next best thing to Richard the Third. So, as long as he doesn't get a sword shoved up his butt and left in a parking lot, that's fine. You're saying? Have you been paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the parking lot. That's gonna have to pull like the Battlestar Galactica flash forward ending to get that bit in there. But everything else is perfectly in character for this series. <laughs> uh, also, this, if this forward show... three hundred years, you see some guy who vaguely looks like Jon Snow driving a Kia, driving a Kia. Bump! What the hell was that? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't need that ending. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can just see that the ending of this is going to be like Lost. It was purgatory the whole time. I'm pretty sure. Really? I'm pretty sure it's really? too nasty. Purgatory? Yeah. I'm so pre- who's in hell? Yeah, it, it, it's a little too nasty to be purgatory, don't you think? If this is purgatory, my God, who got stuck in hell? 
And getting to the heaven must be really easy. <laughs> and I mean, for a long time, George said he was nailing down the ending because he didn't want to be like Lost. And he was upset about Lost in a lot of ways. So him projecting that forward is noble, but at the same time... Well, the problem with Lost is everyone guessed the ending before the ending. The problem with Game of Thrones is there's about three different theories for the ending, and you know one of them's right. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, shit. They figured well, out the the ending. thing is, is he, he's doing more books to try to figure out the ending, as opposed to Lost, where like, okay, we got four pl- seasons planned out. Uh, no, we want two more. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll just stretch these episodes out and introduce characters we have no intention of ever revisiting. And a smoke monster. Why? Because we can. Yeah, that... But one thing I do appreciate, you were talking about Peter Dinklage. We've got a lot of really good actors out of Game of Thrones. I mean, a lot of great actors have come out of this, and actresses have come out of this show and done other good things. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to Maisie Williams being cool for decades. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I know she had virtually no part, but Captain Phasma was cool. Oh, I mean, I, I think I think what she had was better because we did have Gwendolyn Christie doing those lines. Right, and Gwendolyn Cr- Christie... Sounds, acts, and looks like a badass with or without armor. Yeah. And apparently she's in the next movie, so... And apparently she has more than a few lines. There we go. And she maybe fires that gun. (laughs) Once. Just maybe. Just Just maybe. Just once. Bang. (laughs) Yes, things we're looking forward to in the future. How many more seasons do you think we're going to have? Well, now that they are no longer beholden to adapting the novels exactly because they have no novels i feel like they they will either you know just tighten this up and get it out in two or three seasons or keep this running until hbo has another hit on their hands that they can steal money that will steal all their money and they'll be canceled ignominiously (laughs) like boardwalk empire so i feel like it's either three years from now or six years from now and we'll wish it was three years from now (laughs) here's my theory on what's going to happen the TV series is going to end within two or three years and it will be one of those theories everyone's thinking and it will be a happy-ish ending you know hope for the future if not actually like oh man everyone's uh, all the Stark kids are back in one place, and they're happy, and they're partying, and it's they're not, dancing well, Almost Ewoks. all the Stark kids. Well, yeah. yeah, well, it's not going to be puppies and rainbows. Don't get me wrong here. A lot of people are going to die, but there's going to be a happy ending. Now, for the books, I think it's going to be the exact opposite. Martin is so going to desperately not want to go that route. He's not going to go any route that anyone has you know, prophesied. He's going to go completely in the opposite direction, and all men will die. Yeah. <laughs> White there. Walkers are just going to cover the earth and or the land or whatever, and everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. I I, I am highly suspect that we are actually going to get going only going to get about six, maybe five episodes of this upcoming series series that will be from the point forward. I think everything else is going to be flashbacks. I think there's going to be flashback year. You know, there, there was a theory about doing a flashback to Robert's Rebellion season, 
for a long time even from season one they were like hey they're gonna run out of material let's do a flashback year and i'm I'm not i'm not i'm not down for that i'm not down for anything about any sort of extended in the past arc i I don't think it's extended but i think you'll see a couple episodes that are devoted to you know okay you're gonna find out exactly who ned stark and and how he's related to Jon Snow. We're going to see exactly that in a flashback. Probably a whole episode about it. We're going to see one episode about Robert's Rebellion. We're going to see one episode, you know, all these little things we've heard about, we're going to spend an episode dealing with. It's not going to spend the whole season on. It's not going to be an entire story arc. But they're going to well, fill out some time with this. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not as a full season, but like a mini, a mini series event kind of thing. Like a four episode, hour and a half thing. Eh, maybe, but well, the the biggest problem is, of course, because it's a prequel. Well, we already know the st- stories of the most important characters of those. Yes, but yeah. there's certain gaps we don't know about. That's the whole point of going back there. It's like, hey, exactly what was happening in the Tower of Joy? I don't. Need the to problem know. with that is that's going to take away from whatever gets revealed in the series proper. That's what I mean. They're going to reveal it, and then they're going to say, "Oh, want to know how this happens?" Flashback. Which, by the way, Tower of Joy, really, Martin? Being settled there, aren't we? Uh, you haven't been paying attention, have you, Jeff? I, I don't think subtle was ever on his agenda. I think I think deliberate omissions and otherwise completely overt. It's either, it's either very deliberately omitting things that he wants to save for later or just telling you in painful detail. Someone said it. A friend of mine said, George R. R. Martin is a lot like, um, oh, geez, his name escapes me, the guy who did Evangelion. Anno. Anno? Anno. He's, he's very similar to that in the scene where, end of Evangelion, when... Um, Everybody's turning into orange juice? No, Shinji's dad, Gendo, looks right in the camera, his voice flaps move, and nothing happens. That's Gendo just saying, ha ha, I'm not going to tell you. George R. R. Martin does that a lot too. Where he just goes, and the, and in the end, what really happened was next chapter. <laughs> well, why won't you tell us? <laughs> well, come on, we need to get an episode preview where Masato teases us about fan services. Now we're going to be in there. <laughs> there you go. And now, suddenly, well, actually, suddenly, I have a mental image of the uh, Mother of Dragons just going. Stay tuned for the next episode. Don't worry, there'll be more fan service. And by fan service, I mean you'll see more boobs. I don't think they ever have to advertise on boobs. <laughs> I think it is a known quantity. <laughs> Although she's making a point now saying, you'll see more boobs. Not mine, but more. <laughs> you know what? I'm fine with her making that call. It's like, you know what? I've paid my dues. Everyone's seen everything they need to see. Do we really need to keep going back to that well? All the guys in the audience? Yeah. Well, too bad. <laughs> That's not like they're going to run out of actresses who are willing to go topless for an HBO gig, right? Like, has everyone seen the It's Not Porn, It's HBO ad? <laughs> we don't go quite that far. We come close, but we don't go that far. Oh, they did well, come on, we've all experienced it with HBO where we leave it running and stop paying attention and you know, the softcore porn comes on and there's like, wait a minute, I know that actress. 
Sure. It's on an ABC Left. show. Sure, sure, Dan. Left it running. Just keep telling us that. Left it running. <laughs> you gotta leave something running. <laughs> Why not premium cable? <laughs> <laughs> You're paying for it anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's true. This this is a premium channel. If you're gonna leave your TV on, leave it on premium. It's more value of wasted time for your dollar. Well, as stupid as that is, I used to do that. My grandmother, when she was alive, she had dogs, yeah. and she insisted that they we leave the TV on for the dogs when we would leave. And I would always change it to HBO. She goes, why are you putting it on that? It's like, well, if we're going to let the dogs watch something. <laughs> <laughs> it may as well be the most expensive thing on the bill. It's like, we're getting, we're paying for it anyway. And if the dogs are going to watch something, I'm not going to leave them the weather channel because I'm not a dick. <laughs> you know, my, my mother insists on that for the dogs too. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they'll nap in their little like scrunched up pose, regardless of whether or not we leave a TV on for them. Yeah. But Scott, I, I've been there. They, she treats those dogs as good, if not better, than you. Well, I mean, they're much more likable than me. I can't fault her for that. Well, I'm not arguing that either, except for the one dog constantly farts on me. You, you put him on you, knowing no, 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 he was farty. No, no your, your wife put him on me, and then he just kind of remained there. Yeah. Because I didn't make him leave. Why would you want him to leave? He's so he's tiny and fuzzy. He was nice and cuddly until he farted on my leg, and my entire leg got really warm. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> dog and farts. Did he That's do the he... Uh, typical dog thing of, what the hell was that, and turn around? No. No, no, because I just looked over at Sam, and he goes, yeah, I know, it was him. <laughs> so the, see, like, dog it wasn't farts. me, and That's for once, it really wasn't me. Dog farts, that's what you turn into this show for. Actually, what do you turn into this show for? I told you I'd been drinking. I didn't say this was going to be highbrow. <laughs> oh, well, we're never highbrow. We never pr- we never promised that. I'm just saying. You, I didn't think this was tonight, and all of a sudden you're calling me. And I'm like, I just drank a lot of beer and ate pizza. This is probably going to be the best show I've ever done. Well, I mean, pizza's important. It's like a whole food group, right? Damn right. Well, it's got most of them on it. You got your veggies, you got your grains, you got your meats. And fruit, I guess tomatoes are fruit. That's close enough. Tomatoes are totally good for you. Tomatoes are great for you. Indeed. That's why I put ketchup on everything. (laughs) There you go. Best show I've ever done. Anyway. (laughs) You know, I think because of the mood I'm in, I'm definitely going to record my April Fool's video right after this. All right, that sounds great. Have any of you dug into the side material for this? Like, I know there's an encyclopedia that really goes down the world builder's rabbit hole, and I have, I actually have read the Duncan Egg novellas, um, which are also... I've read any of that stuff. I've watched the bonus features on the Blu-rays, which is pretty much all the stuff that's covered in the sh- in the books. I've not, re- I've not read any of the extras. I did when someone... I first heard about the uh, theory that Jon Snow was a Targaryen. I went really hardcore and was like, okay, how bullshit is this theory? And the more I read, I realized, okay, it's pretty good, actually. So I did a lot of back reading of that just to see how possible that was. Yeah, so I I guess I'll mention is that as part of this, uh, George put together a bunch of short stories about uh, Aegon the Unlikely 
and hit Sir Duncan the Tall, and they're 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 actually really fun. They're a little more lighthearted, and it's mostly just about a guy working as a mercenary and his buddy, who is also secretly the king. <laughs> Isn't Duncan the one who was uh, the old man in the Night's Watch? No, that that that's uh, Egan's younger brother. <laughs> ah. I knew there was a reference there somewhere, because he said, I remember when he was, like, hallucinating, he said, started talking about Egg. I'm like, I know that name from something. <laughs> yeah, no, th- those are actually really fun. I-, I-, I almost recommend those over the actual books. But, I mean, the show, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the next season. I'm, I'm not sure. I... I- it might be, be it might be a while before I get to it. I still haven't watched the Expanse TV show, and everyone's saying that's great. And that's another thing where I've read the book, and I really <laughs> like those books. <laughs> I always tell people if you've read the books, you will not like the show as much. If you write the show first, you might like the books as much or not as much. But if you read the books first, the book will always be better than the movie slash TV show. And. Mm. Well, then we did kind of go, but we, like, we did go through this with the Hobbit, though, and yeah. there were some parts of that book that are not so good, and some parts of the movie that are not, not so, so good. good. <laughs> Hobbit was always a mixed bag. Turning it into three movies just accentuated the mixedness and bagliness. Mixedness? Of it. Yes, bagliness. Mixed, yes, totally. So <laughs> to make up the new adverbs, come on. There, I just want that spelled for future reference. Put that in the show notes. I will spell bagliness and mixedness. They are very much as they sound, I suspect. <laughs> or maybe I'll spell them weird just to frustrate people. <laughs> Woohoo! Can I just say, though, I mean, I've, I've, I've done the spoiler rant before, but this show seems to accentuate it for me. Freedom from spoilers is not a human right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I mean, be polite when discussing things. Well, the, yeah. there, is a, there is a moratorium. I, you're now allowed to talk all about the last season. Because by now, if you haven't cut up, you've just, it's on you. Yeah, too late. I mean, and really, I mean, it's only in TV. I find it's worse for TV than anywhere else, right? Right now, anyhow. Because, honestly, did. If if I'm never if someone complained about you ruining their TiVoed version of last night's baseball game, Jeff, you'd smack them upside the head because that's not how sports fandom works. Sports True. scores are news. You you can read it in the paper an hour after the game's over. True, you- but I wouldn't be that upset. The problem I see it is thanks to the Netflix universe. Like I can watch Daredevil season two. But I can watch it two or three episodes at a time if I want to. Well, some other guy out there, you know there is some guy out there who sat down and marathoned the whole thing in one sitting. Yeah. Well, just so he could know everything before everybody else. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of people for whom that's become something of a job, is just grinding out a Netflix series in a day so they can be the first one to have a written review up and get all the click dollars, which is a pretty horrible career choice i'm gonna say like, yes you have to stay up 24 hours and watch 12 13 episodes of a show 
that would really be enjoyable to watch over a week, but no, you got to burn that thing straight. Yeah, like like the 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 poor guys who were like, okay, midnight of the Daredevil launch just hit play, and then by two o'clock the day after, we're vlogging, you know, what they thought of the season. I'm like. Can you produce co- any sort of coherent review or thoughts about the show? Because I'm pretty sure your brain turned to mush at around 6 a.m. <laughs> right. Well, you know, what, what I think is hilarious is there are some places they'll do, like, block of episode. They'll at least pace themselves because they'll take their time to either do a, an episode or a review per episode or do a couple, like, a two or three episode or that three or four episode block and then do a review of it like if if i like if i were getting paid to do this and also sort of run the blog a lot more closely i would have been tempted to do maybe two episodes a day and do write-ups as i as they were coming together and that would have taken me and that still would have taken me like five days and i feel like even clearing this out in five days, I would not be as successful as someone who did try to power through it all. Well, there's also those guys who are like, I know Nerdist is terrible about this. As soon as an episode of Doctor Who ends or X-Files or Game of Thrones ends, within minutes, they have a review of it up. Yeah, they, they are typing as they're going, and that's a skill. That's a skill. I need a week to digest anything before I can say anything remotely meaningful about it. That's right. why that's why we haven't done a Mad Max review yet, to be honest, is I am still like there's a lot going on in this car chase movie I need to think about. <laughs> yes, sign me up for that episode, by the way. Oh it, I promise I promise to drink beforehand. Anywho. But yeah. Game of Thrones spoilers, you guys suck. I will say there is some sick twisted value in that, though. I watched the episode Heart Home, um, and my dad didn't get to see it for whatever reason. He watched it the next day on demand. And I watched it with him. I didn't spoil anything. That being said, when the little kid you know, zombies show up, and the ladies fighting off all the zombies, and then the little kid zombies show up, especially that one skeleton kid that creeped the hell out of me. Not about you guys, but it creeped the hell out of me. Uh, well- Kids are freaky in general. You make them undead. It's just, it's a force multiplier right there. I guess, but I remember sitting back, waiting for that scene to come, and turning to watch my dad to see his reaction. Oh, I mean, that 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 is a joy unto itself. Like, I, basically, I watched somehow... the whole show with someone who hadn't read the books, and I was just like, so, episode nine of season one, I'm watching, I'm not watching the show, I'm watching him. I'm just watching for the facial reactions. I always tell him it's hilarious because when they showed up on screen, he somehow magically was able to climb the back of the couch with his ass. <laughs> that is it's a like, skill. How'd you get up there? <laughs> and he goes, oh my god, that's terrifying. And I go, oh, yeah, just, just to hear a rapidly increasing uh, sentence of, nope, nope, no, 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 nope. Do not want. <laughs> now that, that episode, it freaked me out. I was like, when that happens, I'm watching him just to see his reaction. And yep, it was that nope, nope, no thank you, no, no, no. But he climbed the back of the chair with his butt cheeks. That was impressive. (laughs) I still don't know how he did it. Yeah, and I think one of the funniest things is we're not, it's kind of funny twofold because now the, the people who've read the books can't 
smile as something's about to happen in the show yeah, is totally the- going to ruin their friends. Yeah. We're, you're now in the same boat with the rest of us. You know what? I'm fine to be in that boat now because it means the show can legitimately surprise me. Like, the the only surprise before was how they were going to adapt it, and now I can actually just be like, oh, no, this, this is this is now actually interesting. Yeah. Scott, you officially joined the the boat of we don't know what the hell's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, I take the back. We know one thing that's going to happen. Tits, dragons, and death. Yep. <laughs> In yep. that order. Well, that's Im- that's that's that is the order of importance. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Okay. I mean, the the one thing that I do have to say I'm getting a little frustrated with is that okay, everyone suffers and dies. But I feel like the women suffer, the female cast suffers longer and harder before dying, and I'm like, come on, ease up, ease up. <laughs> I don't know. I think they just, you just get to see the women suffering. You, can, you, you The men suffer too, they just pay attention to the women suffering as opposed to the men. I mean, well, we saw, for in the, the Bulls guys, it's, for the 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 guys it's over a lot quicker. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't even say about that. When you go into the Bolton compound, they have bodies that have been skinned up on a pole. There's men and women up there. It's like, hey, Boltons are equal opportunity assholes. Yeah, but, but they just pay none attention. of them are characters who appear through multiple episodes. Yeah, other than other than poor Theon. Okay, Sansa is an exception. Theon and Sansa, and I'm like, it. I actually do appreciate the. I do appreciate how they portray Theon, where. You start out thinking that he deserves this, and then by the end of the torture sequences, you're like, wow, no one deserves this. Yeah. At a certain point, we have crossed the line with Theon, where he went from, you son of a bitch, you deserve every bit of this, to the end, we're like, God, I hope he escapes. (laughs) Oh, man, he's going to take some serious deprogramming. No one knows how to do this. He's just going to die. Theon is gone. I don't know who's running that ship anymore, but Theon's dead. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, you when you watch that show, you want to see Theon the person punished. Theon's gone, and then when Theon is gone, and it's just reek that's left. It's like, oh man, it's like now you just feel sorry for this new creature that was created. Yeah, poor bastard. Throw him <laughs> off the wall. That's the only way you can. That that that's the only way it's going to work out. Well, well we knew uh, Theon was dead. What was it? his sister tried to break him out of jail? He was there. She opened the door. She said, come on, let's go. And he didn't go anywhere. No, 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 no. Rika punished. Rika must stay. It's like, yeah, we have gone past the, you know, say, what is it? The um, symptom where you start sympathizing with oh, your captors. Stockholm? <laughs> yeah, we're past Stockholm. This is a whole Stockholm new flavor of crazy. Captors. He's just terrified of him in every sense of the word. Like At this point, I would just be like, Either just let him escape or kill him, one or the other. Uh, you know, if this was anything else, I'd hope that he had, like, a heroic sacrifice kind of thing. That ain't happening with this guy. Yeah. Where he, you know, he finally overcomes the programming enough to, like, stab Theon. Or not Theon, uh... Ramsey? Uh, Ramsey. <laughs> but it's probably not gonna happen. Okay. I don't know, that wouldn't make sense. Hey, you know what he, Theon gets? He finally develops a little bit of grace and honor. And he dies immediately after, because that's oh. the way things work around here. Yeah, actually, uh, one other side thing I wanted to mention is I'm halfway through the Telltale game. Anyone playing it? 
Nope. Uh, no, it was on sale for the Xbox Live thing, but I did not pick it up. Well, it, it, it's a Telltale game, so it it it'll cycle into sale mode somewhere every quarter. And I mean, because the Telltale tool's twelve years old at this point, um, it'll run on you know large rocks. <laughs> It, but not unless, of course, your large rock runs on Linux. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's 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 interesting. It's it's telling it's letting you pilot a side story about one family, and it's kind of sticking to the show's format where you have family members all over, and each one can kind of feed into each other or not. I mean, it's sort of interesting to see that. All the original characters are rendered in Telltale's house style, and then they've gone out of their way to, like, triple the polygons to exactly replicate the TV's characters, and it's weird to put them in the same scene. I, I will at some point finish it. I've, I've got a backlog of Telltale to clear out. But it, it, it's, it's not bad. Um, I, it, although one thing I will say is there are some scenes or some sequences where I resent having to move my character. Like, I literally <laughs> resent that amount of interactivity because the only reason I'm in this... The only reason I am in this location is to get into this quick-time event fight and knock this guy over the edge of a cliff. But before that, you have to walk to the end of a hallway. And I'm like, this is meaningless interaction. Hey, hey some guy took his time to develop that hallway. The least you can do is walk down it. Look, I was walking in the cutscene where I was talking to someone. Let me walk to the end of the hallway with this guy then. I'll still you know look at it guy. about as much. You know what some guy was like, but I already built the hallway. Sorry, man, we're going to do it as a cutscene. But but I, I spent all these hours on this hallway. You know, you know what, man? We'll, we'll just add it on to the end of the cutscene. It's okay. I appreciate your effort, but you're not going to need to do around that corner. But <laughs> right. I, I, I had a whole bunch of stuff. I was trying to do like a little bit of environmental storytelling where it's, a barrel's it's, it's, open. It's okay, man. We're sorry. Look, there's a titty and dragon scene. The next, uh, uh, next game. We're going to set you on that. Okay. Actually, that's it's the okay. weird part. That's the weird part is that I think the game's only rated like T. So. There's Telltale, you've done it wrong. Yeah, there, 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 are, there is zero boob in the game and very little gore, and I'm like, this is oddly out of well, character. Wasn't the uh, wasn't the uh, Walking Dead game also teen? Even though you have pe- half of people's skulls bashed in, I think no. I, I want to say Walking Dead was actually M. Aren't, aren't they doing a uh, Batman game next? And they said it'll be M. Yeah, I think it's a Lego Batman though. No, Telltale's, oh, so. Bat- Telltale's Batman game is, uh, again, house style. Oh, so it's their think- own take on Batman. I've heard it's a Batman year one take on. Yeah, it, it's still set. Uh, it, it is a year one or year two type story, but it's it's their, it, it's their it's going to be their house style. And I'm kind of looking forward to see what they'll do with it. Now you got me Googling what Telltale's Walking <laughs> Dead was rated. Oh, yeah. Blame me. It's all my fault. Uh, yes, you've you've ruined everything. It's just payback for all those years of uh, blaming him for turn A. Not my fault no more. Bought my copy. Not anymore, no. But it was for a long time. Total random side note, but I finally got my Zeta, my copies of Zeta Gundam upgraded to Blu-ray. 
Nah, I still got my DVD. I pre-ordered Gundam Evolve. I should have. Didn't that come out yet? Yeah, it should uh, be shipping by now. You should have gotten it by now. I don't have it yet. I'll have to check on where that is. Although I think I pre-ordered it with Gundam: The Origins, so maybe they're just going to oh, hold maybe, it till then. Did some? Yeah, they might sit on it. Um, yeah, no. Walking Dead's rated M, even season one. Oh. Mm. But there we go. That, now we've learned that. <laughs> yay. I, I don't mind a Game of Thrones game as long as we don't end up with a zombie White Walker shooter where you're throwing <laughs> knives at him. Oh, not only knives. What's the name of, the name of that damn metal that's good against him? Obsidian? Dragon Glass? Yeah. Dragon Glass, yes. Dragon Glass blades were just toss at him. Yeah. Yeah. First person shooter. <laughs> oh, man. How come somebody hasn't made a chivalry mod that has Game of Thrones stuff? Um,. <laughs> There, there is chivalry a mod. Night Watch versus Team White Walker. There, there isn't a chivalry mod, but there is a great. Uh, is it Europa Universalis that's got the great Game of Thrones mod, or am I thinking of a different large-scale turn-based strategy game? I do not know. It's probably still from Paradox, but yeah. Um, uh, if you get a chivalry mod, you just turn it up to eleven and you die immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like I have turned up chivalry to scale eleven. Game over. But I didn't do anything yet. I I, did. You didn't push (laughs) the button fast enough. And by fast enough, I mean at the speed of light. (laughs) There you go. But yeah, that that's basically what we think and feel about Game of Thrones. If you have not seen it yet, I don't blame you. HBO's kind of pricey, and the Blu-rays from HBO are kind of pricey. I don't know. You can buy the the whole when they first come out. I hell, I have HBO and I'm buying the Blu-rays. Thirty-five dollars for a season. Okay. That's not that bad. Okay, that's fine. I, For some reason, I thought they were 60. I might be thinking of some sort of, like, special edition. Well, they're 60. So when they initially come out, they're, like, 50 or 60 bucks. No, but no. you can always manage to grab them, like, for 40 or 30 sometimes on sale. Now, you can, as long as you get them when they first come out, they're regularly $50, but that first week they're out, they're 35 okay. And then they're going to be 50 for about two years, and then they'll be 35 or 20 yeah, and and you can get them anywhere, big box like, uh, like Walmart or Best Buy. Don't be like me, where it's like, oh hey, I got this fifty percent off coupon for Barnes and Noble. Go into the video section. Well, there's not a lot here. Oh look, Game of Thrones season one for a hundred bucks. Oh crap! Next day, go into Best Buy, pick up the last volume of Gundam Double O. Oh look, fifty bucks base price. Yeah. yeah. There's always a reason they get those coupons. So they can fake competing with other people. I should also say that there is a full box set of seasons one through four at 175. (laughs) Which isn't half bad for four in one box, but you know. Is that Blu-ray or just DVD? Blu-ray. Now, is it, does it have anything, is it just, just those seasons or does it include all like the crazy special features and I assume, stuff that's been thrown into the past ones? I assume it's the same discs, just in just a different package. Just different packaging. Uh, maybe, but the thing is, is I already have part one, so I got just got to pick up season two, three, four, and five. <laughs> you know, eventually on your time, in between other things like food. <laughs> Gas money, I don't know. But there we go. That That's what we think of that, and we'll catch you next time for more of this. Titties and dragons. Titties and dragons. <laughs>
Titties and Dragons. If you would like Titties and Dragons as your ringtown, 95 cents. I better get a quarter of that, damn it. I have beer to buy. 15 cents. Quarter. 12 cents. You're going the wrong direction. I'm the one doing the work. I don't have... You volunteered for this. Titties and Dragons. You volunteered for this. There's no waivers. There's no requirements. I could give you nothing. So 12 cents. Anything that is brought up is purely on your own volition. Uh, Fine. Titties and Dragons. And cut. Good night. Gosh. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. It's released under Creative Commons Attribution Share of Life Non-Commercial 3.0 International License. Please visit sbopodcast.com for contact information, social media links, and past episodes.